And welcome into Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson with the smaller chair. <laughs> I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. Have seen what just happened. Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting scenario. Full meltdown. No, you're taller than I am. <laughs> so if you have the taller chair and you're already taller than I am, I'm going to look like Willow or Graham. Howard the Duck over here. Graham, did we not go through the same thing eight weeks ago on my end of things? Did we not? Here's what I will say. <laughs> I produce... I produce every podcast that the the radio station does here at 1010XL. Great, great podcast. Check yes. it out. Check it out. The Award-winning podcast. Well, I mean, we're keeping the place open, but that, go ahead. That's true. The 1010XL yeah. podcast network, the Florida Gators at 1010XL on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're oh, on speaking YouTube. Speaking of that, hang on one second. We're all over the place. We're kind of worldwide here okay. with 1010XL podcast. at least a couple streets. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we're at least down south side. Right. Um. The only two people that care about the chair height are Denny Thompson and Ryan. It's an inferiority (laughs) complex for me. I'll openly admit that. Nobody else cares. There's no question (laughs) about it. It really was just funny because I walked in. He was trying to switch a roof. That's really the only thing that was funny. He caught me red-handed. The only only guy I know of in the podcast studio that ever tries to pull a fast one is Hacker. Yes, no question. (laughs) All right. Well, I don't know about pulling a fast one, but the Gators come in as three touchdown plus underdogs on Saturday to the cocktail party georgia number one in the country florida at four and three has to win two more games to get bowl eligible give gator fans some hope denny thompson for saturday afternoon i'm not you, saying to tell them you to give win. them hope i'm not I I, no i'm not saying you need to tell them they're going to win the game i'm saying give them hope maybe for a a close competitive ball game how's anthony richardson looking you obviously train anthony richardson is there something that they can be hopeful for because they are a 20 plus point underdog 48 hours out maybe they lose by 19 so you think it's going to be bad i mean i don't know i, I don't know here's what i do know is if they if defensively they couldn't line up and cover the right people in a two-by-two set, yeah. when Georgia brings out 13 personnel with three tight ends, what are they going to do then? And Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, arguably two of the top 10 tight ends in college football. That, I mean, my, I don't know what Georgia's defense is. Like, I don't, you, I haven't watched a ton of their games. I've watched a good bit. And at times they look as good as they did last year. And then at times they don't. And then at times their offense looks, unstoppable like against Oregon and then at times they don't so I I don't know if this Georgia team is as dominant as last year's Georgia team was I think that that's hopeful Mm -hmm. right I'm giving a little bit of hope there Um, well let me ask you this as far as Anthony Richardson his best games this year have been against the best competition Utah Tennessee second half LSU with if that trend continues I would expect Anthony Richardson in the biggest game of the year to perform at his best. I like I like the way you say that. I could say it a little differently, and we'd both be accurate. His worst game was against Kentucky, and Georgia and Kentucky run the exact same thing. Okay, that's that's not good. Right. But the 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 good thing is they're not the only two that run it. He's he's seen at Missouri run something similar. Oh, well, he didn't play that great against Missouri. They didn't ask him to. He was pretty banged up. Um 
But he's seen it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like I, I was saying earlier this week on the Frangie show, I think I said it here last week. The growth for him is he's going to start this game just like he started last year, and he's going to feel much differently going into the game. Much more mature, much more experienced. He's seen a lot more. Um, so, you know, I think, yeah, everything kind of rests on 15 shoulders. But I don't know that we really know what that is. Like, I don't know, can can Florida run the ball against Georgia? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they can. I think I think they can find some. But do they stay in a game where running is appropriate? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you get down 14 early, right. you're kind of – so that's – you know, the hope is they have to play their best game and Georgia has to play not their best game. They don't have to play terribly, but – they can't play the way they played against Oregon and Florida have a chance. You need some turnovers from Georgia. You need some penalties from you need Georgia. Some third down stops. Yeah. Like oh, that's gosh. there's where the game is, is is third down. If Florida can't get off the field on third down, if they can't keep Georgia under forty percent on third down, they have no chance. Let me ask you this. And the reason I'm gonna ask you this is I've asked everybody this on Hacker After Dark. And I I don't believe this is gonna happen, but I think it's at least worth mentioning. Georgia has Armageddon in Athens a week from Saturday against Tennessee. It doesn't feel like the cocktail party week down here. Everybody's looking ahead to Georgia and Tennessee, at least that I've talked to. Any chance at all that Georgia might overlook Florida because they're four and three and limping coming in? No. I I, I guarantee you if you took a poll of Georgia's staff and players, because they're the ones that matter, and you asked them who are you more excited to play, it would be 100% Florida. Over Tennessee, absolutely. Wow, this is a huge rivalry game. Um, like I, I, I know that. Like that's that's what it is. So no, I don't think there's any chance of that. Um, I think that there's probably there's probably in the past after after the Florida Georgia game, it's kind of been an easy road for whoever wins that game to go to the championship, and that's not the case this year. So. I, there is a little bit of oh crap, we got to get up again. If I'm Tennessee, I'm looking at this going. I'm glad they're playing Florida, yeah, because that means they got to get right back up the next week. Which Tennessee's they got a tough one on Saturday too. Again, Kentucky, Georgia do very similar things defensively, if not identical things. We're going to find out what Tennessee's chances are against Georgia this week. If they roll through Kentucky the way they've been rolling through everybody else, that's going to be super interesting for Georgia. Do they have to make some adjustments or not going to Tennessee? If they struggle with Kentucky then they could have a long day against Georgia. But I don't think in any way, shape, or form it affects the cocktail party at all. Um, I think I think for the most part, we get in this bubble with our own fan base, and our fan base is not that excited about this game. Right. I can tell you my wife's a big Georgia fan. They're ecstatic about this game. Yeah, I mean, I think the Florida fan base is ecstatic for the tailgating. I think right. RV City is pretty, pretty fired up right now. I think people are going to enjoy the Hall of Fame tomorrow. But the vibe I get is that the fun pretty much ends at 3.30 on Saturday when that ball is kicked off. I mean, I, I think Florida players are excited. Yeah. Right? I, I think... Shock the world, that sort of thing. Well, I mean, let's let's look at this somewhat reasonably and, and both agree that the odds are very much stacked against them. But... I haven't seen a single person that I know pick Florida when they I end. doubt you will. Right. And I'm not going to pick Florida. But this is a big moment for a lot of these Florida players. This is a huge moment for Anthony. This is a massive moment for these running backs because these running backs have NFL intentions and and they're probably good enough to play. So if you throw down amazing film against Georgia, um, you're you're 
you're heading in the right track. So I think there's a lot of things. And if you if you were to find a way to beat Georgia, do any of us care what happened earlier in the year? No. Absolutely not. No. Like if you end the year and you find a way to beat Georgia and beat Florida State, yo, we're Nothing good. else matters. We're good. I agree. Absolutely good. So I, I think that this is an, an opportunity, but that's it's a it's a big ask. Today's Gator Bites podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for the highest quality care. You can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com. And you can listen for Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in sports. Let me ask you this. Obviously, Patrick Tony, the defense have gotten a ton of grief because of what happened against LSU. No one is really expecting very much from them, to be honest, on on Saturday. So they're almost playing with, um, uh, I guess, house money, if you will, because no one's really expecting them to stop Georgia. You know Stetson Bennett. You train quarterbacks, right? You've seen Stetson Bennett's game. Obviously, you train Carson Beck, Stetson Bennett's backup. If you were Patrick Tony. How would you game plan to stop that Georgia offense on Saturday? That's tough because normally I would say you just you man up, you spy, um, and you kind of go from there. But you can't do that. You can't do that. You don't have guys that match up with Bowers and Washington and and those guys. Like very few people do. Mm-hmm. So McConkey's a killer too. That guy just he's always fun. yeah he's fun to watch. I think, I mean, this is, this, here's the, I almost said a really bad word. Here's what stinks, (laughs) is against Tennessee, you decided to play a bend but don't break style of defense and you broke all over the place. Against Georgia, that's probably what you want to do. Well, against Tennessee, they decided not to cover the tight end. That's my point. On two different occasions. That's my point. And now we're going to have three of them in there. Right. I don't know what they have planned. I don't if I were them, I would try to keep it as basic as I possibly could and I would blitz the tar out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. You may get beat by 60. Like you may be rolling the dice, but I I'd make them show me. Uh that's for dang sure because I think if you think as a defensive coordinator at this point that you're going to rush four or five and you can rely on your DBs to cover um, you're the problem. The players aren't the problem, right? At this point, they've shown that can't happen. It wasn't just LSU; it was Tennessee as well. So I, I don't, I don't really know how they approach this. I mean, I, everybody's going to approach it the same: stop the run, don't give up the big play. And I think they can. I think they can be effective against the run, but I don't think they can help giving up the big play. Yeah. Look, I mean, and by the way, Stetson. Sorry, Stetson's a much better athlete. With a much better arm than people give him credit for, mm-hmm. especially rolling right. He does crazy damage when he gets out of the pocket going right. And so you better be a re- – and they're great in the scramble drill. So that that kick and throw a 40-yard laser rolling right. Look, and I'm not expecting you to thoroughly break down the Georgia defense, but the bottom line is they are very good. But like you said, they're not the – generational defense they had last year. It's going to be impossible to be when you lost all those guys. Having said that, this is full circle for Anthony Richardson. It was a year ago right now that he made his first career start. It was a year ago right now that for 26 minutes of that first half, things were okay. 
and then the nightmare happened with about three minutes to go in the second quarter, and the game was basically lost in those three minutes. How full circle has Anthony Richardson come? You know him as well as anybody. His game from a year ago to where he is right now coming back into another Georgia game. I think mentally it's two different guys. I think we saw some of those same issues against Georgia pop up earlier in the season. And I said this last week and people got on, but I don't really care. Uh, Y'all can (laughs) believe whatever you want to believe. But from a mental aspect, since that USF game, he's been fine. Mm -hmm. All right. We haven't had any confidence issues or anything because he's realizing he belongs. I think everybody goes through this, right? So I think mentally he's in a whole different place. Um, Physically, the bye week certainly is, is helpful for him. But I think going in, um, you know, it's a whole different ball game against a whole different team, the same structure. They baited you into a couple of bad throws that you've now seen before. So this is an opportunity to prove to yourself that you learn from those mistakes, right? Like the the first or the second pick in the flats, they had been going to that last year, the first quarter, and that DB just sat on it. Yeah. Right. The DB baited him into it and then came down and sat on it. And then he had Trayvon Walker, Jaguar currently, the last year, tip one, right to Nicobe Dean. That's right. You know, and the two NFL guys, obviously, so really I, hurt you last year as well. To answer your question directly, I think he's matured. I think he's a better player. Um, it's just I don't know what the game plan is, and I don't know how much they can it can he can he make himself as valuable as he was against Tennessee, not even Utah, Tennessee. Tennessee, he was the entire offense. Mm-hmm. If Florida has a chance, I think all three of us would agree that has to be the case. Fifteen has to have something to do with eighty percent of the plays if Florida even has a chance, because even on this field, he may be the best athlete. There's a freshman DB for Georgia, I can't remember his name, that is insane. And maybe the best ball skills I've ever seen. Oh, the guy that got all the picks at the beginning of the year. Unbelievable, right? So I don't know that Anthony's the best maybe player, but he's probably the best athlete on the field. I want to talk about Billy Napier for a moment. Um, You've got to know Billy Napier, right, over the last couple of months, certainly with what you do here at Six Points. Interesting week for Florida, and I'll tell you why. They flip Roderick Kearney from Orange Park, a four-star, according to 24-7 Sports, one of the five best interior offensive linemen in the country. He was a Florida State guy, now he's a Florida guy. At the time we're recording this, we are about eight hours away from Kermani McClain of Lakeland, the best cornerback oh, in the country. tonight? Yeah, 6 o'clock tonight, oh. I believe. The best cornerback in the country making eight his... 8 o'clock tonight. 8 o'clock tonight. The best cornerback in the country making his commitment. Uh, although I will tell you, I talked to his position coach, Ahmad Black, on Hacker After Dark, and I asked Ahmad Black about Billy Napier. First words out of his mouth. I love him. Mm-hmm. Probably a good sign yep. for the Gators when Kermani yeah. McLean's position coach, who happens to be a former Gator, loves the current Gator head coach. So assuming nothing goes haywire and Florida lands him, that's two top 130 guys in the span of five days. So obviously things are going well on the recruiting trail. There are no moral victories for the Gators. They want to beat Georgia. But is it vital for Florida to be in this thing on Saturday? I mean, if they lose 31-17, they, quote, save face with the recruiting um, momentum they have. That's certainly going to be a better look than if they get boat raced 51-10, to correct? I mean, a loss when is it, a when loss. When it comes to recruiting? But when it comes to just the, the overall well, yeah, of where, course. where Billy Napier is. Well, of course. I don't think it has any effect on recruiting. No, but but I, I guess my point is, 
There is a lot of momentum for Florida in recruiting. You don't want to there's, go out there and lose by 40. There's momentum in Florida for recruiting because they work so damn hard at it. Yeah. They've got staff after staff after staff whose responsibility is recruiting. And so, you know, when you when you work this hard and this diligent and this planned out at something, it usually works out. And that is the staple of what Billy Napier believes builds a program. And and look at, at Saban and look at... Kirby Smart and Ryan Day, they've proven this is, right? You got to have the developmental piece too, which we're still learning about Napier. Like Ahmad Black, I'm a big fan. I love everything they're doing down there. This year doesn't in any way take any steam away from me. In fact, I think the people that are saying that Napier's in above your head, maybe you should go watch soccer. I don't know. I don't know what you're looking have at. Have you heard a lot of that? Yes. Really, it's interesting because, from, I mean, well, Gator fans, we love you. You know, you can be pretty um, obnoxious. Obno- obnoxious is a good word. You can be pretty short with a lot of coaches, at least on social media. My goodness, if McElwain or, or Mullen would be four and three, oh, they'd be crushing him. I don't sense Napier is getting crushed a He's lot. He's not getting crushed. I mean, there's there's the it's like anything else. There's the vocal minority. And I wasn't trying to go there with it. My only point is I don't think anything that has happened to this point um, should point to you to anything other than a coach still learning about his team and learning how all this kind of stuff works. And and we talked about this last week. You go back to all of their first years. You go back to Saban's first year and Dabo's first year. Everybody but Ryan Day. Ryan Day was handed yeah everything on a platter. I mean, and then, Kirby lost five times his first year. Right. And, and to Ryan Day's credit, I'm a big Ryan Day guy. I want to make sure I say this. He's almost taken it to almost a, another level even since then. So that's that's cool. I think this is probably the script, right? This is probably at the beginning of the year. If we were all being honest, we probably said they're going to win some games that they probably shouldn't win. They're going to lose some games they probably shouldn't lose. At the end of the year, we hope they win seven or eight. Like, I think that's exactly what everybody said. I even said, yeah, if you look at it on paper, they could win nine or ten, right? And there's some games that, like LSU, they could have, should have won that. LSU's turned out to be a pretty damn good team. Utah, they probably should have lost. Right, right, right. So I think at the end of the season, we'll probably be able to do that. What you hope is they don't lose to Florida State, right? You hope that they they end the year with that one. But I think everything else is going to plan. South Carolina's a big game now. So I think if you look at this year, and at the end of the year, you win seven or eight, that's a damn good year. Again, no moral victories for the Gators, but... 31-20 would be saving face you know on what, Saturday, right? You know what happens right? when people say no moral victories? That mm-hmm. means that there's a moral victory. No, but that's what I'm asking you. I mean, if it's 31-20 at the end of Saturday, do you feel good about coming out of that game? I don't. I, I mean, I feel good before the game. So there's nothing on the game that's going to change my... If Florida wins, I still know that they could lose to South Carolina. Yeah. That's just the type fair. of team they are. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I don't think winning or like winning's not going to flip a kid from Georgia to Florida. Just like losing's not going to flip a kid from Florida to Georgia, right? So I, I don't think it has much to do with recruiting. I just think it's kind of part of the ebb and flow. And and I'm when I say this, I mean this. I know Georgia's really really good. They were phenomenal last year. I don't know how this year's team stacks up with last year's team. So I I'm playing more off of that than I am off of the way that Florida's going to play. 
Today's Gator Bites podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, their Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. We'll end with Florida, George, and we throw a couple of these games at you. It's a great weekend. Arkansas, Auburn, do anything for you? No. Both teams trying to get a bowl game, I guess, at this point. What are you hearing about Brian Harson? Anything on the Auburn front? No, which which uh, I would assume means he's gone. Yeah. It's amazing he's still there. Yeah, it's I mean, amazingly, we've had this conversation for two months. They you probably just don't find wanna, it weird how quiet it is now? They probably just don't want to do it in the middle of the year. Right. I mean, at this point, you're probably just waiting. It's, we've been talking about this since like week two. This has the <laughs> makings to me of, and I don't know this, this has the makings of they already know who their next coach is. Right. I agree and they're, with that. And they're just like, fi- like getting... Stuff and they're finalized. being very, very quiet about it. Uh, Missouri, South Carolina. South Carolina is actually pretty good. That's a good game. M- Missouri, what's Missouri's record? Five and two. Oh, no, Missouri. They are yeah. three and four. South Carolina, five and so, two. That's a good defense for a three and four team. Yeah. They've given people fits. Um, South Carolina's picking it up. I don't know how good Texas AM is. That's, that's a weird thing, but. Yeah, that should that could be a good game. South Carolina, I mean, I thought that was a, a pretty solid chance for a win for Florida. I still do. They're ranked. They're twenty fifth in the country right now. South Carolina is. I'm with you. I'm with you though. I just can't. I can't get with South Carolina. Yeah, Spencer Rower, the whole thing. Although they're they're two losses at Arkansas and home to Georgia. They've beaten everybody else. Yeah. Um. Speaking of A and M, who have they beaten this good besides A and M? South Carolina. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'd have to go back and look. Let me pull it up real quick. I mean, they haven't played the schedule. No, they haven't played a great schedule. They have. Well, they did beat Kentucky, but that was a Will Levis less Kentucky team. I forgot all about that. They beat A and M. They beat Kentucky, Georgia State, Charlotte, South Carolina. Listen, that Kentucky Kentucky win even without Levis. I mean, they scored right. Yeah, they they went in there and won. And that was in Lexington too. All right, speaking of A and M. My goodness gracious. The big oil money out there in the state of Texas, they cannot be happy. They're three and four and probably the biggest disappointment in college football this year. I don't understand everybody saying that they can't fire Jimbo because of money. Well, they're paying him $75 million regardless to lose or to get fired. So, so he signed a 10-year, $7.5 million deal four years ago, right? Fully guaranteed. The entire I, I understand that. So there's... 35, 40 million left? Yeah. They're like almost 40, halfway through it. Right. Aren't they I, year four now? I mean, I think that's a lot of coaches' buyouts. And and the seven and a half million, by the way, by today's standards, um, there's plenty of other coaches making more than that. Right. But I mean, if you fire Jimbo and you hire Lane Kiffin, just throwing a name out there, so you're, you're going to pay Jimbo uh, still about $35 million. And what's Lane going to command? Uh, I mean, it's the cost of doing business. Right. I mean, you're talking I, I 15, can, $16 million a year for Jimbo's salary I, and the new coach. I can tell you right now, those people didn't make an investment to lose. That's true. And so all to we ever double hear down about, to win, they'll do it. And all we ever hear about is how much oil money Texas A&M has and yeah. how they've got all this. Like, yeah, there's oil money and then there's $16, 17000000 million a year. There's $16, 17000000 million to these cats. A year? It's eh, a lot. They, well, I mean, they're gonna pay it. They're gonna pay it to them or the IRS. Well, all it's right. gonna be a donation to Uncle Sam. What happened to Ole Miss last week? They uh, that second half against LSU, man, they were exposed. Uh, I think it's just the style of offense they run. If if you tackle well and you keep everything in front of you and you make them go all the way down the field and you can stop their run game, then 
make them rely on the big plays, that's what they like to do, then I think you have a chance against Ole Miss. I I, I still think they're like, a, you know, a year or so away from having a complete roster too. I think there's holes in that roster. I think he's had good enough quarterback play to cover it up, he being Lane Kiffin, um, his first two years there. But I think LSU kind of showed, like, okay, if you just make them manufacture points. Mm-hmm. Kentucky did it, and Kentucky should have won. Right? I and mean, if you watch that Kentucky game, Ole Miss struggled in the second half of that. Right? So, I mean, I, I think it's it's just one of those things where you have to be patient if you're their opponent, and you have to say, okay, we're here for the long game. We're going to control the ball. We're going to keep everything in front of us and see what happens. All right, quickly. Apparently, Tennessee just never plays on the road. It's unreal. It is unreal. I think they've had two road games. Pitt was a road game. And LSU was a road game. I'm so happy y'all said that because it, it's it's like, are they ever gonna? Yeah. I know Georgia's an athlete. Georgia's Besides it, that, yeah. it's like. So, I mean, they have played a lot of home games. I'll There's be there no, next week, by the way. That's pretty awesome. For that Tennessee. is Tennessee, Georgia. Yeah. Tennessee's got it. That's tough this week, right? Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, everybody's every, right? seven o'clock ESPN. Everybody's looking ahead to Georgia, Tennessee. Well, Georgia, obviously, with the cocktail party here, we'll get to in a moment. But, man, I look at that Kentucky-Tennessee game, volunteers better be really, really careful. Yeah, the fact that it is in Knoxville is huge, huge. If it was in Kentucky, I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be dialed into this game. I think Kentucky pulls away. But Tennessee I, pulls away. I'm sorry, yeah, Tennessee yeah. pulls away. I think Kentucky causes some issues, though, that, that Georgia um, will be able to – I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think Georgia – Beats the tar out of Tennessee. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I do. Wow, I do. And it's nothing against Tennessee. I, I, much like Lane, I think they still have some pieces they've got to fill in. I just think Georgia's so athletic. Um, I'm going to that game fully expecting my us to leave with a very happy wife. All right. Well, is that because it's in Athens? What if that game was in Knoxville? Is that just? I still feel the same. way. You would feel the yeah, same way. Yeah. All right. So Tennessee, Kentucky. Do you like Tennessee over at Kentucky yeah, though on yeah. Saturday? All right. And then, a good game though. Then the cocktail party. Um, obviously, we're all picking Georgia. What type of game do you expect? I don't even know. I don't. Do y'all find yourself in the same way with this Florida team? Yeah, I mean, look, you hope that's the Tennessee version and not the USF version, even though one was a win and one was a loss. If Florida plays like they did against Tennessee, it might be interesting midway through the fourth quarter. If they play like they did against USF or Kentucky, it's hail Caesar for those about to be slaughtered, probably in yeah, half-time. half-time. half-time yeah. so. I just think this Florida team's weird because I, from week to week, I have no idea what to expect from any of them, not just Anthony. But defensively, receivers like any, I don't, I don't know what the running back rotation is going to be. Um, Here's an idea: give the ball to Montrell Johnson. That's what I want to see. And I like Trevor Etienne, and I like Naquan Wright. You're rolling your eyes. You don't think Montrell Johnson's the best running back they got? Man. I think Trevor Etienne is closer to Montrell Johnson than Naquan Wright. Yeah, I, 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 I really like Trevor Etienne. I love Etienne. Yeah, me I think too. the well, I mean, I, I don't dislike does. Etienne. I just really like Johnson. I mean, I, I think you 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 have to run the ball thirty five times. Yeah. Right. I mean, Etienne should get twelve to fifteen of those. I like it being a two headed monster instead of a three headed monster. I, I agree. That's that's well said. Yeah, I don't want the three. I want the I want the two and now Lingar's getting playing time. That was yeah. brilliant. Na- did Naquan even play against LSU? I don't know. So answer the I question. I have no idea what to expect. What I hope is we see a shootout because I think that's Florida's only chance because I don't think their defense can stop Georgia. So I I, I hope we see a shootout. It'll be fun. Um, it'll keep it a little bit close, much like what we saw against 
uh, Tennessee. We got to go quick here, but Billy Napier, his first venture into the cocktail party. We always talk about players gaining experience. Yeah. Do coaches need to gain experience? The fact, I mean, Napier's never coached in a game like this. Uh, yeah, they do, but I will say that Florida staff has done a ton of research into this. Okay. Yeah, a ton of research. I talked to one of the staff members early Sunday morning, and it was like a million questions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I was like, I, you know, he's asking me, think about the former players they're asking. Like, yeah. I think they're really getting into, all right, how does this work best and all that kind of stuff. They're... If they're I'm sure Mike else, Peterson's helping him with that right. as well. Yeah. If they're nothing else, Florida is extremely organized, like Saban-esque organized. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've got a plan together for this. I, I will, uh, I'll see them Friday night. I, every Florida-Georgia game, I hit the Georgia Hotel, the Florida Hotel, the night before the game. And I'm really interested just to get the vibe uh, Friday night of just how the coaches are feeling and – are we uptight or are we loose? Where are we at with this? It'll be fun. No question about it. Well, hopefully it'll be fun. It'll be fun up until kickoff. It's always fun. That's yes. the thing. That's the thing, Florida fans. Make it fun. Don't go dread it. Make it fun. It's one day a year. Like, it's one of the dopest games in the country. Um, participate. Have fun with it. Remember you and I, this is years ago. Remember when we went down, was it the landing before we uh, came on to do Friday Night Lights and you and I had to leave early? Do you remember that? Uh-uh. This was a long, I was thinking about really? it. Really? Long, long time I went to ago. the landing? Yeah, I think it was like seven, eight years ago. It was right when you started doing Friday Night Lights. And we were having a good time and we're like, man, we just got to, we got to go. We got to do Friday Night. And I love doing the high school postgame show, but it's just different when we it's Florida, Georgia, one. Friday. We should have skipped that. We should have skipped should've that. Should have had Gibby do that one. Yeah, I mean, it was the landing, so it had to be a long time ago. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green, Graham Marsh. This has been the Gator Bites podcast presented by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists. We'll be back to review uh, the cocktail party and look ahead to the remainder of the schedule. Keep in mind, if Florida loses on Saturday, they got four games left. Got to win two of them to get to a bowl game. We'll talk about that next week here on 1010XL.com and on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page.